0: Everybody said amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Let me find out which one of these knobs up here is this right here. How many knows? I got my lapel, but which one of these? second one, handheld. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. You're right. Amen. Amen. Well, I going to try this this morning. We, our wireless doesn't seem to be able to work f- properly. We do have a bid to completely change our whole sound system, to be set up uh, digitally, to be live stream, Wi-Fi, everything except a robot operated for you. It is expensive, but what is money? Money gets cheaper every day, $20 a day before yesterday was $20, today it's about $10, so you better spend it before it goes down even more, amen. Well, it's good to be with you this morning, uh, most of you have heard that I was in one of those, and my wife was in one of those, I call accidents, I don't believe this, I don't hardly believe in accidents, except uh something that you can't explain why, Isn't it amazing when somebody kills you, try to explain, uh, try to figure out why? I've always went through town and I see people standing out on the side of the road and their cars all tore up and I think, now how in the world did that happen? Somebody must have been blind or something. Well, I found out how in about a tenth of a second. And it's amazing that you can't remember what you were thinking before you quit thinking. But that's just how quick you can be here and be somewhere else. Amen. Uh, It's good to have a good car. Everybody questions having a good car. He said without the good car, uh, it would have been a lot more serious. But we did have a nice car. All the airbags went off. The glass didn't cut us on and on and on. I'm just bruised inside where the seatbelt grabs you. And the vacuum basically, pressure basically you affected you but we're all right Uh, my wife kept saying get an x-ray get an x-ray get an x-ray so I went to the doctor and she said you don't need an x-ray I said that's what I said so this morning when you uh, move a certain way and I'm not going to try to move that way because when I move a certain way it grabs you all the way around and you so whenever I go hallelujah this morning that's not the Holy Ghost (laughs) that's just pain but I found one good benefit out of hurting more up here. It's amazing that the pain down your leg, it's been bothering me for five years, it got healed. <laughs> <laughs> so I figured out basically wherever the pain is the worst, that's where your mind is. So the better I get up here, the, my mind will probably go back down the left side. But I'm going to try to put it out here in the left side and come to a complete healing. Amen. Uh, this morning, I'm going to basically present a a thought or a lesson to us. And this teaching was very popular, and I taught months, basically, almost several years on this subject back in the late '70s, '78, '79, '80, '81, all the way through '85, because that is when the word was coming alive to us of this uh, understanding. And we're going to speak this morning on, I call it, Faith in the Perusia of Christ. Now the very title except, except itself is designed to cause you to question. Because most of us will say, and I'm going to teach this like we have never heard it before. Most of you heard me preach on it for years and years, but some of you, when I taught it, wasn't even born. Now then you've got children sitting here, and I teach uh, and use words that I have been over for years and figure that you should understand what I'm pointing to, and you're sitting there lost thinking, well, what in the world is he talking about? So the only way to teach a subject is to teach it as if we know nothing about it. And if you know everything about it, well, then basically you'll be bored, and those that don't know anything about it will get something out of it. And we'll find out what we thought about it wasn't quite clear as we thought it was and wasn't as important as we heard that it was. But I'm going to speak on a subject that basically is the key to the process of immortality that we spent seven services on. This is where we're at and this is where the church must come to for... The invisible union, the Bible calls the marriage of the lamb to the body. This marriage where the perusia of Christ, let's call that the pillar of fire, God himself, invisibly joins together with the body of believers. Brother Bannam called that taking headship. He called it marriage, but it is an invisible blending of the Spirit of God in the lives and in the person of the believers whereby what you saw in a prophet's ministry is now active and alive in the body of Christ called the bride. All right? For example, I showed you a film last week where Brother Brown's in the prayer line. And what we wanted to show you was the sign of discernment because that is the sign of promise for this age. And you saw him standing there and basically, uh basically going on to he's here. Alright now. The Pentecostal realm was familiar with that because they believed in the Holy Ghost being among them. They worshiped, they sang, they rejoiced, they believed in laying on the hands revival. So they believed that the Holy Ghost was moving. So here you had a man that they thought had a gift of healing. They were there to get their bodies healed. And he was trying to tell them over a period of years now, from the 40s all the way up to the early 60s, he was trying to tell them that he had a gift of healing which was to make you aware that God himself or the Holy Ghost himself was present among you. Now that presence was not like, well, this is a wonderful spirit in the church. This presence was, according to Scripture, of Jesus Christ being the same yesterday and forever, that a pillar of fire, or what we call the anointing or the Shekinah glory of God, that appeared to the children in the days of Moses, appeared to Paul, come at the water baptism of Jesus, has now in this hour come back to the church again, to the Gentiles, to finish up his ministry, or his Unveiling of himself to three groups of people. One, the Jews and the ministry of Jesus, which they rejected. The Samaritans at the woman at the well, she accepted it and once said, Behold, a man that uh, told me all things. Paul received the pillar of fire that received the message of grace which we are to preach. But the scriptures promise that at the end time, that same presence, that same ministry, The same pillar of fire that cometh at the baptismal of Jesus, which is none other than God himself, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and forever, is promised to come and declare himself present among the church to prepare you for the resurrection and the change of your body by the simple fact that you believe that he is here. This is not easy because we're going to ask you, our faith in the perusia of Christ is asking you to have faith and understanding and believe something that you cannot see with the natural eye. So what we're asking you to understand and to see, and the only way that you'll ever be able to see it is by the hearing of the word. Somebody has got to preach it to you. Someone has to tell you about it because faith Comes by hearing. I'm not telling you something that I personally received as an individual and no one else has got. I'm telling you that the in the one in the Bible that was promised to receive it, which is the seventh church age messenger, a prophet, fulfilling scripture, he was to make known that presence, and once it was declared to me and I understand by hearing. Then I am to minister that same message that God is here and what purpose is here and try to convince you to have faith in it. So, when the prophet was here with a ministry to prove to the people that something was here besides himself, in other words, if God is standing here and he's the same yesterday, forever, what he done in the man Jesus he would do again. All right, now he preached this around the world for many, many years. The Pentecostals could not receive it. They could not believe it outside of having a gift of healing. They didn't understand the fulfilling of Scripture and what we will show, just as it was in the days of Noah, just as it was in the days of Lot, That the point being was that the presence of God was there among the people even to the time the flood came, even to the time Lot left Sodom. God's presence was there unknown and unaccepted by the people. So the parable of the days of Noah and the days of Lot, if you'll notice Jesus as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is present with you. In other words, the emphasis is not on buying and selling and marrying and the immorality of the world. The attention is to draw you that God is there in a ministry, a man. Noah took hundred and twenty years to build a boat. Basically the ark was his revelation, his message. And he was present with them bringing forth a revelation of the will of God, which was get in the ark to be delivered from the judgment. We're promised that that same thing would happen in this end time to deliver us out of judgment. If you can understand and see by the news that America has lost more ground in the last three months than we have in the last 30 years, It is not slowly going downhill, it is rapidly decreasing to the place that they will have no answer for the problems that they're creating themselves. But remember, Satan and his demon power is all about confusion, disruption, disorder, immorality, lawlessness, period. So there's a majority of people that wants to do their own thing, without any law, without any restriction, without any morals, and without anyone trying to correct their behavior. So if we can get what we call the Christian out of the way, then we can do what our own sick nature and demon possession causes us to do. Because the last one on earth after the rapture will be completely animal. Completely animal. According to the Bible, it will be serpent seed natural brute beast. Satan will set up his kingdom on this earth and he will rule for a short period of time. Every person will have to watch being self deceived. The great deception in this hour and we'll just not spend too much on it but bring it to us in another lesson. The great abomination today that God hates is calling good evil and evil good. We can go through the whole study on it, calling good evil, and evil good. We call churches good. God calls churches evil. We call dogma, Trinitarianism, Christianity, all this religion, we call that good. God calls it evil. The only thing God calls good is basically His Word, Properly revealed to you, and you have a proper understanding of what He has told us. Amen. So, what we're looking at this morning is basically I put faith in the Perusia of Christ. Perusia is a Greek word that is most often used to describe and explain the end time events and the coming of the resurrection and the rapture of the church. This one word is used primarily in the New Testament to explain to us <laughs> that grabbed you. I thought I had liberty, the anointing had got thick enough to take the pain out yet. To explain to us what God is doing among us that we by hearing of the word has the vision of God alive in us called faith. If you look to the prophet Samuel, it's not in the notes. I'm just trying to feel around this more. If you look at the prophet Samuel, Brother Brown went back to that prophet. Samuel as a young man. Eli in the temple. Eli had lost favor with God. Samuel heard the voice. He said, went to Eli and said, here I am, Master. Did you call? He said, I didn't call. Go back to sleep. The story says he goes back and lays down, goes to sleep. The voice called him. He gets up, thinks it's Eli. He goes in and said, Here I am, Master. And he does this three times. He says, Go back again. If that voice speaks to you, say, Here I am I, thy servant. The story goes that basically God told Samuel the downfall of Eli and the judgments that would come. And the Bible said that Samuel went and told the vision to Eli. He did not have a vision, he only heard a message. The message was, tell Eli this, this, and this. That message given by God, received by hearing, quoted out of the mouth, becomes a vision manifested. No more than a prophet could see a vision and tell you by words what he saw let's just let take the little boy that he saw in a vision uh, being killed over in Denmark They wrote it down years and years before you his, his shoes will be off had short pants on what him wore this morning. he's going down uh, Denmark they come up on a car wreck there was the vision He said look in the vision book exactly the little boys laying there, shoes off one he said now this is the vision thus saith the Lord he shall come alive they prayed for him and he come alive All right, that was the vision fulfilled. So the vision was written down on paper. Then what was written on paper was manifested in the flesh. And therefore that vision now was fulfilled and revealed. By that we quote the story and naturally would say, I believe that. Well, you believe that it could be true, and you can believe that uh, it actually happened, or you can believe the person who told you the story, but you have only mentally ascended and opened your mind that that event could have happened. It's not a revelation to you. It is something that you believe because you have some kind of trust in the one that you're listening to. There is no ministry, Brother Branham, Jesus, me, or any other preacher can do anything for you of God without you having trust in what that minister is telling you and have a faith that God is using it and your faith in that is what accomplishes what you want. So when you try to gauge the man and consider what you think of the person is what I get out of God, that's just about what you'll get. If you have no respect for the ministry, basically you won't get too much from God. Uh, if the man doesn't uh, cause you basically to worship or get in the spirit, we'll sit here cold like a Baptist and listen to what got to be said. So what we're saying is, you're waiting for me to stimulate your thinking to cause a reaction. And what I'm trying to say is, the fact that it should cause a reaction has already happened. And we need to see it by hearing it. And then our active faith must be expressed that we truly believe it. Therefore, if I told you last week, what is the message? The message is, He is here. That's the message. You can agree with that. But the faith that He's here is not active In our own lives or our congregation, which it is not alive in 99 and 9 tenths of the congregations. Because they're looking for someone to come, not trying to grasp that someone is already here. I hope I can get this across. All right. So we're looking at the text in Matthew 24, 1 to 3. And we're going to find that basically the church world from the time of Jesus on will start with him because Jesus is the founder or the one that brought forth the doctrine of the Perusia of Christ. I know I was claimed, oh, well, Brother Gregory preached that Perusia doctrine. Well, yes, but you need to understand what the Perusia is. The word perusia is a Greek word, and you'll find out that the interpretation of this one word, used uh, 24 to 30 times in the New Testament, the definition of this one word, perusia, which is a Greek word now, how you define that word will define your understanding of scriptures pertaining to the second coming so-called advent, hallelujah, that come out of it so-called second advent or the second coming of Jesus Christ. Most churches believe in the second coming of Jesus Christ and they're looking for what they call the rapture. They're looking for Jesus to come as you see him go so shall he come again in clouds. So they're looking for a physical man Jesus to return and we are able to see him in the sky and then we basically somehow rise up and meet Him in the air. That's the general term, and then we go to live with the Lord forever. That is absolutely a false doctrine. Now, ninety ninety nine 99 tenths of the world believes that's the truth because of how they interpreted one word, and that is the word perusia. I have been demeaned, broadcast, whatever more, whatever more, of saying, Brother Gregory believes in the perusia of Christ. Therefore, he believes that Jesus has already returned to earth. That would be true if they understood that God is the Holy Ghost himself. He comes in a form of the Logos called a pillar of fire. Jesus is a created, physical, literal man called the Son of God that become the Lamb of God and his faith was that I will die and God will raise me up to justify everyone that accepts me as being the Messiah. God done it. But how are we to know beyond a shadow of a doubt what sign can we ask for and what sign can we see? to prove to me 2,000 years down the road what will prove to you that Jesus was raised from the dead 2,000 years ago and that he is alive today with the promise that he will be in our midst even as he was in the physical body. He will be here just as real in every avenue outside of his physical body. Now there's the dilemma because without a physical body we've got to be able to trust someone who says they have the ability to see him and then prove that what he's talking about is the truth. That eliminates every fivefold minister on the face of the earth. There is not one minister, I don't care what he's, Pope, Bishop, Prophet, Apostle, whatever he claims to be. There's not a five-fold minister on earth that can prove to you by vindication that God is here in the form of a pillar of fire and be able to prove it to you by God backing up what he said. There's not a man on earth today that that can be performed in. All of them try all of them try to prove it in their way by all oh, we worship, we all spoke in tongues, we all done this, we all manifested, didn't it feel good, singing in song? and all of that is not scriptural. Now when you get away with what we always believe and feel comfortable in, then we get weary and apprehensive that someone is trying to deceive me or teach me something that is wrong. All right, we need something to get us out of this condition that America and the world is getting in. The Bible only promises one escape. And that is you recognize the invisible presence of God at the end time. And that revelation will bring the resurrection. They will appear to you and you'll be changed here in God's presence And He will take us by the pillar of fire into the presence of Almighty God and present us as the chaste virgin fulfilling His Word. Psalms 110.1 will be fulfilled. All enemies shall be placed under the feet of Jesus, the Son of God. When that takes place, then all the sleeping saints and all the body of Christ will be united together as one by this invisible union of the life of God in every cell forming a perfect man called the bride of Jesus Christ. So we're looking at basically this one word. Now to put it this way if I said faith in the perusia of Christ And we'll find out that in the King James Version, we could go through every verse if you wanted to, but most of you go to sleep on me. And show how it is translated. It is used in true two understandings. In the King James Version, which is basically the Catholic Church wrote it and put it in there like they understood it, which they missed a lot of it. They translated this Greek word as coming. The Greek word "perusia" actually means literal presence with. So if I say faith in the presence of Christ or faith in the coming of Christ would be presenting you two different directions of the mind by the interpretation of one word. So if the original Greek text says, in the perusia of Christ, and I don't know which interpretation is correct, and I take that it means coming, which 99.9% of the church does, because that's the way it's written in here, and you don't take the time to look it up. But if you look at the Word, and the physical coming doesn't match, what the scriptures are telling you, then the interpretation of that word would determine whether you had a true revelation of the second coming of Christ or is there a revelation of how God is going to do it contrary to the way the church world has presented it. And I'm trying to tell you, you don't have to believe me, if you want to do it in the scripture, you can go to your theologians and scholars and whatever more, I've got shelves full of it. And I've got a book written in the 1800s that thick on the word perusia. And they haven't figured it out yet. Because it takes the interpretation of Scripture to be able to understand that Scripture. In other words, John the Baptist had to come as a forerunner of Christ to fulfill Malachi 3, not Malachi 4. Malachi 3. John the Baptist had to come and be the fulfilling of Malachi 3, and explained by Jesus to the disciples, well, John the Baptist was that Elijah that you thought was to come. That was John the Baptist. So they under only understood the Scripture after it was fulfilled, and someone explained to them what it was. Therefore, I can say that faith, or understanding what it was, only comes by you hearing and believing the definition of it. The receiving of it is called faith. The rejecting of it is called I don't believe. So you we are challenged to be able to hear something in this hour that is contrary to 90% of the belief of Christianity. We're asking someone, every cult does it, don't forget it now, Ever cult says I've got this special thing. All we're asking to do is take the Bible, what it really says, and look at the fulfillment of it before our eyes. And I'm asking you to believe that and have faith to confess what it's telling me for it to act in our lives the same as the scripture says. In other words, if we had a revelation of the presence of God, then the respect, the atmosphere, the presence, Everything by the Spirit would be radiating from us, among us, and in us, and it would be no problem seeing Mark 16 displayed among us in every service that we come together. In that light, if a group of people has one thinking or one mind or one confession, that oneness of understanding is what brings the anointing among the people the manifestation that they're confessing as a group that it comes to pass in other words if i stayed here and we all say, well i don't know i'll do more and we don't believe that he's here we don't confess that he's here and we're waiting for brother gregory or some musician or some evangelist to come and stir us up run across the platform or whatever more and drum up something to where oh, i feel pretty good now praise god let me have one of those two Now he's here. For about 30 minutes he's here. Once he goes, music stops. We get out in the parking lot. He's gone. We're talking about a presence that comes and remains. I'm not interested in 15 or 20 minutes of running around the building and going home, wore out, and taking a nap. I'm interested in a presence of God that we know is God being here with me in me, and so real that I can talk to him, he talks back what he done 2,000 years ago, he'll do today, whatever I asked him, in the name of Jesus, he'll do it for me. Now that's the scripture, and that's what's in this word called the Perusia. All right. Now let's see if we can get to our text. Matthew 24, 1 to 3. So terminology will determine... Basically, our understanding, our revelation that will bring forth the resurrection. Now, Matthew 24, 3, 1. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said, See you not all these things, the buildings, whatever more, I say to you, there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, when was that fulfilled? A.D. 70, when Titus overthrew Jerusalem and scattered the Jews. Okay. Number three, and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, tell us, when shall these things be? Now, we're getting into the question. Our last two services have been on the wicked generation who seeketh after a sign. And we went into the sign of the discernment. And now here is the disciples, not the unbelievers, wanting to know who Jesus was. Here his disciples is asking them, him, what will be the sign that we may know, watch, what will be the sign, tell us, when shall these things be? Temple tore down, and whatever not stone left on it. And what shall be the sign of thy translated in the King James coming? I put a capital P out beside of it because it is the word Perusia. So, for 28 times in the New Testament, the King James Version translated the word Perusia to the word coming because they knew that it dealt with the end of the age and the coming of, of the rapture. So they translated the word coming, knowing that it had to deal with the end time events, but they did not understand it. You can go through Vine, you can go through Rotherham, you can go through all the scholars uh, through the age strong, and all the scholars that understand Greek, and they will tell you that this word has been misinterpreted. It should not have been translated... It should have been brought forth over in this original word. They should have left the word perusia, period, because they did not understand which way to put it. But the literal word perusia means literal presence with. In other words, what will be the sign that you are literally present with us and what will be the sign of the end of the world? So we're looking for a sign. Number one, what sign will tell me that the same pillar of fire, the same anointing, the same ministry, that same one that at the baptism of Jesus said, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm pleased to dwell, that same one on Mount Transfiguration, when Jesus standing there present. Now remember, that's a type of the resurrection, we preached on it, Jesus was there present. He transfigured before them by being present. So the change and resurrection will only take place by the one that's present, which is God Himself, has to be transfigured to us and become real to us. Therefore, we can act on what the Spirit is telling us to do. Amen. You wonder why everybody is wanting Brother Branham to come back from the grave? Because they want someone to be able to tell them what the Holy Spirit is doing and saying. So, what do we do? Well, we either have to invent another prophet, which the Bible does not speak of one coming, or we have to invent another theme or scheme to convince the people to continue to look forward and have a hope so they'll come to church regular, pay their tithes, be attentive, be rejoicing, expecting something to come. So I have to point you to a hope set before you to keep you attentive and keep you coming. Instead of telling you what has already transpired and is here and building our faith in a substance, present tense understanding of God, We try to appease our minds, called religion, to think we're all right by waiting for something to happen. Brother and sister, you're not going to be saved by something that's going to happen. You are saved by what God has already done. You believe it and accept it. That's the only way you'll ever be saved. Salvation is not your works it's not coming to the altar. It's not all this prayer life. It all goes with it as a part of it. But you being saved is simply taking what the Bible said that God said and you believe it. Now, that's salvation. But the Bible has not only told us how to be saved. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> that grabbed, That sounded like the Spirit, didn't it? <laughs> oh. That's like the rapture. You never wanna know when it's coming, right? How many is praying for me this morning? Whew. Pain left my leg though. That's one that's one good thing you say. I don't even know where I was at now. That's what the devil done anyway. So let's look at this. So that just that just takes your your mind somewhere else. Watch. So what you're looking at is basically the sign of thy coming. And I put a P beside of it, which is to me. The word presence. So the question to me, and you go check any theologian, Vines Dictionary, anything dictionary that you want to study or whatever more, and you'll find out this is the truth. I'm only asking you to listen, and if you want to receive it, fine. If you don't believe it, go look it up for yourself, and that's not being disrespectful. But you're sitting here this morning and you come, so I have a little confidence in what I'm telling you is the truth. Because I'm not here trying to deceive you or try to get some scheme more. We're trying to see what the Scripture tells me. And my job is to put it verbally for you to hear it. And slowly by hearing you form the understanding and the vision which is now your faith that will make God real in our midst. God is looking for a people to worship Him. That means to respect Reverently, knowingly, willfully, respecting his scripture, what he's doing, being obedient to it, confessing it, worshiping him in that light. And he will receive that as true worship. Let me just follow me now. So I can go to Hillsong. I can get ten thousand people with an orchard and band and long hair and hippie stand up here, jump up and down, and get everybody happy and whatever more, and everybody can get to swing and how glory, hallelujah, 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 and what more? And so, it wasn't it wonderful, wonderful? And it's nothing but a satanic spirit. There's no truth there whatsoever. It is contrary to scripture, and you're self-deceiving yourself because you're calling evil good. Now. Whichever way that I interpret this word, if I put it as coming, I'm going to teach you the scripture in light of that word. If I take the word as a presence, I will teach you the scripture in light of the word presence in the 34 times that it's used in the New Testament. So if I go through and interpret the word coming, when I get through, I've got 28 scriptures trying to tell me something that is not literally true. Because if you think he's telling you that he's coming, you're always looking for something, and it's already over. Hallelujah. It's already done. You're going to miss it. Therefore, you become like the days of Noah. It's in your midst, it's being fulfilled board by board. The picture is getting clear and clear. The boat is completely built. The ark, the message is completely built. You've got to get in it. You can look at it and say, boy, it's a fine boat. took us a long time to build it. We've been waiting on it. Where's the water? Where's the judgment? And all you and I are doing this morning, we're either in the boat or out of the boat looking for the judgment because the next step promised when God closed the door is judgment or rain. But the presence of God, that revelation, was there among the people for 120 years, and they did not believe it. I think they probably had religious leaders teaching different things. But Noah was teaching a message that was contrary to all the other religions. And also Enoch was building the pyramid, which was contrary to all other religions. So we're going to look at this as, what is the sign our faith in the perusia of Christ. We're leaving it in the word perusia because I don't want you afraid of that word. Now, you can go to any other church in the message and I can get up and I can say, well, this morning I'm going to preach about the perusia. Half the congregation would get up and walk out or the preacher would check me on the leg over here and say, uh, we don't believe that, don't preach on that. Now, we got to ask the question, Why? I've answered it before, because the Jehovah Witness absolutely teaches the invisible presence of Jesus Christ, and their teaching was that it began in 1914. So, when anybody uses the word "perusia" as to define the second coming of Jesus Christ, they automatically identify that with Jehovah Witness. Therefore, in the message, people's mind closes. Oh, that's Jehovah's Witness doctrine. Their mind is closed up. They don't hear a word you say, and they will not listen, and it's done. Period. It's over. Do they understand what that word means? No. Will they study to see what it means? No. They are told by their minister that that word is deceptive and dangerous to you. So in their minds, they pull up a barrier that they don't want to hear it. Because if I hear it, I might be deceived. There is no doctrine that will deceive a true elected believer of God. In other words, every person that has the Holy Ghost can sit and listen to any Bible doctrine taught, and the Holy Ghost in you will say amen to the truth, and owe me to the era. Amen. Every Holy Spirit-filled individual becomes a theologian of the Word of God. You say, well, I don't know the Bible. But the God of the Bible that wrote the Bible lives in you. And it responds back back to Himself, which is the Word of God. So therefore, if I tell you the Word or speak to you the Word, The Holy Ghost in you that wrote the word will receive it and say amen to it because it knows that that's its word. All right. So now with that in mind, the lesson's already over. Time's already up. (laughs) we go home. Every lesson that we speak all these years, I'm looking at terminology. If you don't understand the terminology, you'll come up with different pictures. So we're trying to bring the terminology down so we're all in harmony with what certain words mean to describe the period of time that we're in, right before the resurrection and the rapture and the wedding supper and the tribulation period. That's where we're at. What is the scriptures telling us of this time period, of how we as a living group of people are promised to be able to leave this dimension and meet something in the air. And to do that, we will have to have a change of our mortal body. I'm only quoting you scripture now. We will have to have a change of our mortal body so something supernatural, which is God Himself, would have to be present here. And His presence would have to be known. It would have to be something that's tangible, it has to be something that's real. Well, there's no more, nothing more real and tangible than a group of people with a revelation of His presence sitting here together as one unified group of people. That's the reason we come down to one mind and one accord. It's not on the whole Bible, but we're to come into harmony with the scriptures that is promised to be fulfilled in my life and your life, that we can get the benefits and finish this plan of God up, which is a resurrection and a change of our bodies. All this condition out here in the world is going to chaos and is going straight to the other place and end up in the lake of fire. It will rapidly get worse and worse and worse and worse. Every mistake or every decision the devil makes is not for our good. It is for our destruction. The devil is after one group of people on earth. And that's the group that is true believers, that believes in morals, morality, truth in marriage, all these things that has to do with life. They're after anything that's righteous. They want to take it out of the way and become like Cain. I'm the only one that's here. So you got a mixture of the four horse riders. you got a mixture of communism, Marxism, all this mixed with your economy. All of it blended together with Catholicism to make that pale horse rider, which is death. Death is in the land. Praise be to God. But we have a promise, and I'm trying to declare to you that for many years now, we've been building this boat. God is here. His presence is here. The revelation of Himself is available. See, you cannot see Him with the natural eyes, but we are allowed to be able to see Him by hearing the Word. We see God. Well, Brother Gregory, you said the Bible said no man shall see God and live. No man can see God, period, because He's invisible. You will never see God. He's always invisible. You'll only see Him as He's revealed in His works, His miracles, what He performs. You'll see Him then revealed by fulfilling Himself, which is the Word. So when God the Word is fulfilled among us, that is God among us manifesting Himself, which is God the Word is here with us. That's the reason every church system, every preacher, they're all designed to bring you to what they call truth. That we can be right with God, be right in truth, right in the interpretation of Scripture. For they know that their promise, that group that is one with the Word, will go out of here and everybody else will stay. That's what every church is trying to get across. Now watch. Let me introduce this thought. Well, so every service through the years, now this is for the young people and the old ones alike now, we use the term the message. Them people always talking about the message, the message, the message. You can go to any group that we call message churches. And the message churches is those that claim basically to believe that God sent a prophet. Let's put it that way. They believe that William Branham was a prophet. He had a ministry, miracles. They believe that he was that prophet. They believe in the miracles. And now then they call, they follow his teaching, which is mostly his conduct message, how to act, dress, and conduct yourself. And therefore, the conduct and the dress, church order, has now become to the people and the young people the message. I can invite ten preachers here that claims to believe every word Brother Bram said. And this is not derogatory. If you understand how God works, this should enlighten you to make you think, wait a minute, we're not as bad off as we think we are. We're not as weird as we may think. We're not as far off the word as that church over claims that we are. Because they claim that we believe something that they don't believe. I can invite ten preachers in here. Ask them to preach anything they want to preach. And I guarantee you not one of them will speak about the presence of God outside of hoping the Holy Ghost will show up. Or use the word perusia. Or tell you that the message simply means... God himself is here. Now, if I'm supposed to say what's on the tapes, they'll already say what's on the tapes, only what's on the tapes is this say what I said on the tapes. If I'm to tell you what Brother Brown preached on the tapes, which I am, which is a restored truth, restored doctrine, do you think that I would mention somewhere in 30 years of preaching, three times a week, Do you think I would mention the thought that God is here? If I preach what Brother Branham preached, and every sermon he preached was to prove that point. Every sermon Brother Branham preached was to prove one point. God is here. He said, my ministry has declared to you that He is here. And we want to find out who that he is. And he said, my ministry declare declared that Jesus Christ is alive. If Jesus Christ is alive and he promised to be with us, I won't leave you. Where two are three. Everybody say, I'm one. I'm two. I'm three. When a hundred people gather together, in the understanding that He is in our midst by His Word, then we will come and understand that God is with us. Amy has been blessed in the last fifteen or twenty years, financially fit. Everyone in this building, I can watch you for thirty years. Everyone has been blessed by protection, provision, health, family, jobs, on everything physical. We have prospered, we have been above every assembly that I can think of. Then how can our teaching be so demonic and get such good results? Now, if I spend nine out of ten sermons, hallelujah I'm always getting trying to get you to dress a certain way to look a certain way so we'll all look like robots coming off the assembly line. Either I can get that done in a short period of time. It may be only 10 or 15 left doing it. But you can eventually get people to do that. The hard part is try to convince you by words. Preaching. The foolishness of Preaching. I'm trying to get you to see what God has said and has done and is doing for the last 50 years in America and in the world, bringing us to this climax of glorification. The resurrection is in process. God is here. The theophany of the sleeping saints are here. The economy is now moving into this squeeze where you won't be able to buy or sell because you can't have a job unless you got this woke language. And I'm telling, I'm getting out of style all the time because I'm not too woke. When you can get fired from your job because you made the wrong definition in her, him, or him, or it, or whatever more they are, then something is drastically wrong with American society. I don't mean to be disrespectful, but where God calls evil, evil, that's what we should call it. We have a group of people that is so immoral, so degraded in their thinking, that they don't know whether they're male or female. They have no value on life because we abort millions of children. They have no respect for marriage. They have no respect for law. They have no respect for Christianity. They have no respect for humanity in general. Therefore, everything negative, everything degradation, everything evil, everything go, they want total chaos. They're trying to destroy the moral... Majority are what we call Christian, natural human beings, and they're making the whites now racial. It used to be whites looked down on the blacks. They couldn't go to restaurants and all that. That wasn't right. But now it's coming that whites are going to get in the same position that the blacks used to be in. We're going to become slaves to a group of people that can't figure out whether they're male or female. That's the reason why they're trying to change equity, gender, identity. Because the perversion has become so real that you've got educated animals walking around calling themselves humanity and God says they're evil. And God is going to destroy this system that they got set up and it's coming quickly. Now, so we use in the message teaching, 10 more minutes, we'll get to the subject sometime. When you stand here and we use the message. The message. Now the message we believe, the message people, everything is used message. Terminology determines what people believe. Determines what we understand and everything else. Terminology. When I say we're in the message, I want you to understand to me the message in simple words. The message is God, the Logos. The pillar of fire is here. My ministry cannot declare Him. At this time, I cannot declare Him. The only thing I can do is by faith, teach it, confess it. You believing it will bring the law of faith into manifestation and the evidence of our faith in the invisible presence will be March 16. That's what we're after, is to manifest this invisible union with us to that spirit that was here operating through William Brown. Okay. David, if you'll put the picture up there, I want it visual. We're the only age for 2,000 years... We're the only age that God has allowed for the senses to be able to see the invisible presence of God. He allowed his picture to be taken, not to project the man. Everybody puts that picture on the wall saying Brother Branham was a prophet. I look at that picture and I see Brother Branham's message that God is here vindicated and proven by God that he allowed his picture to be taken to prove to me that William Branham was telling me the truth. If I never saw William Branham, I only heard him, if I only heard a preacher preach it by the scripture, my faith in the word can look at that picture and say Hebrews 13, 8, has been fulfilled exactly as it says that it will be. In other words, Hebrews 13:8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, is that light that was manifested three times in the history of man. The days of Moses, the days of Jesus that appeared to Paul, and in this end time to the Gentiles, to close out humanity to be able to set up the kingdom of Jesus Christ and have another world system here to fulfill God's word. Amen. So I want to look at the quote last week just temporarily. We'll get to the scripture in a few minutes. Is this all right? We looked at the quote in perfect faith. Notice carefully what it says now. Brother preached preaching perfect faith. Now watch. He said he preached 500 tapes trying to convince the people that this light that he called God that he called Jesus Christ was there his whole ministry is trying to get the people to see the invisible you say, Well, whatever cult leader does that that's right but all through the Bible, you'll find out that the service of the prophets of God always spoke, many times not even knowing what they're saying or how it was going to be, trying to convince people to hear, believe, and act on what an invisible force told this one man. Now, if there's a dozen men, we'd have a problem, but we only got one to worry about. We got one true prophet in the Bible, we got many false prophets said that would come afterwards. I only got one voice, so therefore there's no problem, one voice. Brother Branham said, I want to speak now upon faith. Now remember, all these years, he's trying to get you to see the presence of God. His sermon, The Unrecognized Presence of God, preached that sermon. You say, well, Brother Branham didn't believe in the Perusia. Well, I'm going to bring the quotes to you, and I can read to you for a week, where he used the word presence, he said over and over, "He's here." Now that's just the presence. And he believes in the presence. He used the word presence. He interpreted and used the word according to how it should be interpreted from the scripture. When he said, "Do you believe?" and he referred back to 1 Thessalonians four sixteen, "Do you believe that God is here?" Remember, the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Well, he's telling you that that scripture is telling you that an invisible force has here, and now that scripture is being fulfilled by his ministry. So he's trying to get you to see the invisible one. Oh, yeah, where's the P, where's the P, Brother Gregor? We don't want to follow nothing outside of what we can see. If I was charismatic enough, And young enough, once again, to holler around and scream, get a Jericho March running. I could probably get enough music and enough going and whatever more to get you to believe that basically I'm in contact with something and basically make you feel good. We've done it over and over again. I'm trying to get you to believe something that will save your soul and change your body. I'm trying to show us that we're in a portion of history. That this Bible, outside of a few scriptures, is already fulfilled. It's already fulfilled. Except a few end time events before the kingdom is set up and go into eternity. There's not enough scripture in here that's not fulfilled. That we can spend two or three services on and be done with it. You say, well, there's a lot of good stories in there. There's a lot of good morals in there. There's a lot of good principles in there. There's a lot of good relationships in there. There's a lot of good lessons in there. Yes. And I can go to any psychology, any self-help book, and preach all the stories and everything that's being preached. It will help you temporarily. It may help you get a, a bouquet to your wife. It may help you do these little things like that. But it won't last. It won't change that soul. It will not get you out of here. All right. Brother Battle said, Now, we want to speak up up on faith and a different type of faith. Well, to me, faith is faith. But he said, I want to speak on a different type of faith. And we went through this in a series of perfect faith. He says, Perfect faith. Now, perfect faith would be a complete faith or something real or the end product of faith. If I had perfect faith, then I've come to the end of what faith is. I've come to the reality of it. Now watch. He said, that's a great thing. Now faith, we're told in the Bible. Okay. Faith cometh by hearing. So the only way you and I are going to receive this faith is to hear something. And we will agree. Give me about five more minutes. I say five. We've got to hear something. And how many will admit that basically hearing something one time don't usually get the results done? Because if I give you five things to remember, you may get one, you may get two, you may get two and a half, you'll get maybe you but you won't get five facts and remember them five steps and hold on to them ten minutes after you leave the building that's just how we're made up the devil will come as mentally as you said you're dismissed the devil comes immediately to take out what's was sown to take it out before you had time to think about it so faith this revelation this perfect faith now is going to come by hearing someone has got to speak it to us someone has got to teach it now he said now you cannot be saved without faith Or in other words, you cannot be saved without hearing something. Now every age, there were seven angels that comes with seven portions of the word. And every group was saved by hearing the measure or the allotment of the word of God that they heard in their season. I can preach to you Luther's portion, Luther's allotment. You can sit here and listen to it. You can walk out justified by faith because that's what the teaching is. And if you don't move to another faith and another faith, you'll always remain in the faith that I am justified, I am saved. Every age has an allotment. Every age has a stage. Now, we're at the end where our allotment is the complete, true, Perfect interpretation and understanding the word of God that tells us what God is doing, who I am, and what is, and I am manifesting or relating that that thought. And faith, our hearing now. He says, "Is something that you have to believe it's there." Well, you would think that I, I would tell you, "Well, faith is something." that you have to believe that is written or that I'm telling you but now his kind of faith watch I'm going to preach to you a faith because this different kind of faith is believing in some, that something is there that your senses or nothing else will declare is there but faith mean, he got that? I'm going to preach to you a message, he says, that should bring forth to your understanding of the presence of God. And the only thing that's going to declare that he's here to you after I leave, that's what he's preparing. Perfect faith is basically being able to operate without the prophet being present. I'm going to preach to you a perfect faith, that after I leave, I've got to decrease now. My time is up. And He that I'm trying to get you to see is here. He will increase to you. I will decrease and He will increase. So when God moved the visible off of the scene, it only left us with the invisible. With nothing to declare that he's still here outside of faith, believing what the messenger has already told you. And me follow me thus far. Because this faith will move us to the resurrection. Carry on to come. out will have to stop. I'll, I'll get the introduction, and we'll pick it up next week. Watch. In other words, there's something that you ha- have to believe is there that really nothing else will declare is there but faith. All right, now, nothing will declare is there except what you have heard. So when I stress the message now, Brother Brown brought us a message. There's a lot of teachings in there, a lot of doctrines. But the message is God Himself is here fulfilling certain scriptures that's been misinterpreted to you that if you receive it and believe it will separate you from all unbelief and place you in the inner room, so to speak, or the garner for the harvest to take you as a trophy to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Something you believe is promised to take you out of this dimension into another dimension, glorify your body, and bring you back to this earth in 1260 days to live and reign here with Jesus, the glorified man, and the body of believers. That presence, that revelation is here. The message is designed now and it's to be brought to a Completion, perfection, by a fivefold ministry, because the fivefold ministry is given by the rest- restoration of the word to make perfect, or to bring forth the bride of Christ. Now, all it is is teaching over and over and over the understanding of Scripture that God, the pillar of fire, is here. That must become our confession. That must become our faith. That must become an active display or manifestation in our lives. That's the simple law of faith coming to bring the invisible into reality. I believe that we have the ability, and it is time, that if we simply mentally and verbally agree with the Word, What's written, not with me, not with my great abilities and all, I have done. we're down to one thing, you and God alone. When brother Branham stood there and said, now he's here, that power took over his body and operated through his body. We're looking at that union manifested, in every one of our lives not a prophet but the awareness of God's presence now he is controlling our minds our souls our direction because we believe this will save you this will change our body and this will take us in a resurrection and a rapture We must believe according. I'll stop right here. We must believe according to Scripture that something is here. You say, "Well, Brother Brown's been gone. The prophet's been gone for 50 years." eh? But when the prophet left, God left. No, 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 no. See, God don't just send a prophet. When God sends a prophet. He goes along with the prophet to prove that he is God's prophet. No prophet, no presence of God. Prophet, presence of God. Let me please that out. So when you say Brother Brown was a prophet, you have to understand what you're saying. You're absolutely saying if Brother Brown was a prophet, God's personal presence. The Logos, the Holy Ghost Himself, is absolutely here. He had His picture taken. It was God fulfilling His scripture, making Himself known to us to be able to yield our minds to Him for Him to take us where He's going and promised to take us. Nothing will declare it outside of works. That's the reason why all the preachers point you back to the miracles that Brother Branham done. They don't point you to any living proof here. They point you back to history. Brother Branham preached. Brother Branham had a ministry. Played the tape. You see it. Prayer line. That's past. 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 All right. See, God was here. We got to get something. We're only looking at what God has done. We're not looking at what that told us that that one that done the works is still here trying to build a relationship between you and Him. Bypassing any church, any man, any system, any pope, anybody. It's you and God the Word. Can you say amen to that? So your walk is what? To see God. To believe God and God who is the Word becomes alive in you and you'll see your thoughts becoming His thoughts and your actions becoming His actions. We're looking at a faith that declares that God is here when nothing will make it known to you except faith. That's what we're looking at. And I believe, and I'm totally convinced, that our understanding of the Word, Perusia, of Jesus Christ will bring about an understanding of faith that fulfills what Brother Brown was trying to get across called the message that God, the Logos, is here. God the Word is among us. Now remember, we are told by Jesus Himself, in that day when He is here, and you recognize that He's here, whatever you ask Him, in my name, Jesus said, He will give it to you. So Jesus said Himself, when my Father comes, in the form of the pillar of fire, the Logos, when God, the Word of John 1-1 comes, and makes Himself known to you in the revelation of the Son of Man, those that believe that can ask that invisible presence anything in My name, and Jesus said He would give it to you. The invisible one is promised to give you what you ask him when you have faith that he's here to grant it. Now, I'm going to close. If you stand, I'll close with this statement. We'll pick up the notes next week and teach it. If you'll know that there's a simplicity that you can look at on the film, that's what we're trying to get you to see. When the angel came to Brother Branham, he told him what? If you can get the people to believe you, nothing will stand before your prayer, not even cancer. All right? So here was a man with a commission and a ministry. And let's just say I'm this person now. And I understand and I know that a supernatural angel appeared to me, and I know exactly what I'm telling you is the truth because I've seen it and I know that it's real. But now I've got to convince you that it's real. all he had to get them to do is to believe him once they believed him they were healed what healed them if you can get the people to believe and what was he trying to get you to believe now you know that I'm a man he'd say I can't do nothing for you that's nothing but the truth now he promised in this end time that the Holy Spirit, the same Jesus Christ that led Moses 2,000 years ago, we're promising in time that Him being alive, that He would come among us and prove that He is raised from the dead. Now, if Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and forever, He's here, all right? I take every spirit here under my control. Now, who's doing the talking to you? That invisible one, it's there now in control. And if you believe what this man is telling you, you'll be healed. Okay, watch. Take this message for your healing. The message was he is here. So he is here is take to take it for your healing. Now, okay, lady, excuse me. Now, whatever he told you that that's nothing but the truth now if I told you something that you know I didn't know would you believe there's something else is here besides a man yes sir you believe I'm telling you the truth yes sir your name is so-and-so I see you uh, in the car wreck you store and you want you got a guard yeah that's true is that true you believe it you're healed what healed her she believed that God was present She had a revelation that God was present. Why? Because a man had a gift to declare that presence to her. I don't have that gift. My ministry is to teach you by words what has been proven to be true. And your same faith in that presence will do the same thing for you that it done proving that he was here. I don't know whether I can word it right or not. So if we're to take the message for our healing, and the message is He is here, if my soul can ever come in contact with my mind, my confession, and it ever drops down here, that I'm standing in the presence of God, I will be healed. I will be saved. I will be delivered. Anything you have need of, whatever you ask the Father, in my name, He will give it to you. That can only happen in this end time when the Father has declared not that He's coming for us, but the He absolutely is here among us making Himself known to us for us to trust Him to take us to the marriage supper of the Lamb. All these UFOs, now it's getting to be almost on the Fox News every weekend. It's getting so uh, many of them that the government now is getting where they have to make known that something is happening. Now it's a proven fact that every day for the last two or three years, our services, radars, and what more has picked up unidentified flying objects. Every day in West Virginia, out of the coast, there are them uh, military facility Every day they see them. They're trying to figure out how something can go 18,000 miles an hour, pull almost 10,000 Gs, can go that fast in water and air, come to an immediate stop, take off again and then disappear. Whatever it is they're afraid of. Because if it's aliens out there, terrestrial, the church is afraid that it's aliens it will basically uncover the deception of the Christian faith. That Jesus was only an alien transported down here and we saw some. If it's an enemy and we don't know who it is, we're, they're going to destroy us. Because all of our radar, all of our atomic guiding system, whatever more, when we see it, it shuts it down where we can't do anything about it. So we got an intelligence that the, our military cannot figure out, don't know what's happening, that is happening almost every day now, So they're preparing for something. And we got a little prophet that said, all these flying saucers that you see is no more than investigating angels, getting everything in order for the resurrection and the rapture of the church. Now I'm not for all these mysterious things that's wonderful makes you think about it. But I know that according to fulfilled word of God, that our time in the world system as we know it today will not exist too much longer in the future. And without a revelation that God is here and who you are and what's going to happen to give you an understanding and a peace will all go probably insane looking at the things that's coming up on humanity. The world is rapidly going totally insane. And the spirit of fear, negativism, passivity has taken over. All that is a demonic powers loosed in this end time to fulfill scripture. Well, Brother Gregory, what do we got to do in this hour? Because there's no man who's got the anointing that we can run to. There is a message proven. God is here. Run to it. Believe it. Confess it. Act accordingly. That your confession will become just like a person walking right along beside of you. A companion that you can talk to. He'll talk back to you. And he'll be a comforter, a paraclete, a guide. A father a mother a brother or whatever you want it to be him to be he will be all in all to you that God is alive he is real and all he asks you to do is believe let's pray this morning father as much as within us the natural man as far as our understanding as limited as it is in the scripture We believe by Scripture and by vindication and by historical facts that You, the living God, is here among us. My confession this morning, after all these years of ministering this message, I believe that You, the Logos, the very Shekinah Glory, the very Holy Ghost Himself, You, Lord, personal God, that You are here among us I cannot see you with my natural eye, but by the hearing of the word, faith is forming in me. And you said you would become so real to me through faith that I would absolutely see you as a person and you would materialize among us, even the sleeping saints also, and our bodies would be changed. Help us to understand this process. Help us to understand the fulfilling of Scripture. Lord, this is nothing new every scripture that we read and every scripture we refer to you have already fulfilled and proven it to us but only for the young people's minds to gather our thoughts together into a unity of the faith I'm asking this congregation I'm asking your spirit your presence to make known to us by hearing of the word yourself to us the great holy God that we may worship you reverence you respect you bow our hearts to you that you may take preeminence in our lives and express your fulfilled word in a bride of Jesus Christ we know that this must happen because you will fulfill first Corinthians 15 that all things will be subject to Christ and then all things in Christ will be subject to God himself so we thank you for this time we thank you for the presence of each soul this morning for you have chosen this individuals to be able to hear this portion of your grace May it not depart from us, but may we meditate upon us and become one with us. And may you become more real to us, Lord, as our personal guide and rest in this hour. So may you go with us in this hour, protect us from, and provide for us, watch over us. But most of all, speak and feed our souls the word of the living God, that we may become one with you and one with each other. Because we understand there's only one faith in one baptism, and one Lord. Grant this, Lord, to us, and we believe that you will, for we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. What are what you mean? I'm God. I believe.